0: This is an ABC podcast.
1: (sighs) I just love libraries.
2: Shh. This isn't just any library, it's my old school library. Yeah, that's right. I kept my membership card, suckers. But they're super strict about noise.
1: Oh, sorry. Well, you know what I find really invigorating about libraries? Smelling those old musty pages.
2: Okay. For me it's the Dewey Decimal system. Just (laughs) Oh, just a genius way to organise libraries. I love it so much.
1: Yeah, that's because we're such big book nerds.
2: Carl, volume. you.
3: Attention, the library is a quiet place. Could the children in the non-fiction aisle keep their voices down,
1: please? (laughs) Nice, they thought we were kids.
2: I think that was just you, buddy. Okay, it should be around here somewhere.
1: Actually, you never told me. What book are you looking for?
2: Oh, here we are, the diary section. Okay, where is it?
1: Wait, Molly, you you can't read someone else's diary. That's private. Quiet, please, children. I'm
2: an adult man. Shh. Ah, here it is. The Diary of a Young Girl by Anne Frank.
1: Molly, wait. Before you pick it up, let me ask you a question.
2: A thinking question?
1: (laughs) Mate, you read my mind.
2: This is the part of the show where you can stop for a minute to think or talk about a question.
1: And my question is, why do you think people keep a personal diary where they write down their thoughts and feelings? Hit pause now.
2: Oh, wow. No way. Oh, she's funny. Oh no.
1: Molly, are you already reading Anne's
2: diary? Heck yeah. They call me Speedy Reedy. I'm like a quarter of the way through. Molly!
3: Excuse me. As you know, today is Whispering Wednesday. Could you all please keep it down? I don't want to have to ask you again.
1: Oops.
2: Don't you think it's weird that they use a super loud PA system to tell us to be quiet? That's because librarians
1: are a law unto themselves. But, Molly, diaries are meant to be private.
2: I know, but she's a really good writer and she transports you to this huge moment in history.
1: Wait, what moment in history?
2: Oh, you're keen to learn some history, Carl. No. Sounds like... Please, no! Well, anyway... ANOTHER HISTORY LESSON WITH MOLLY Daniels. We're in the city of Amsterdam and it's World War II. Germany, led by the Nazi party, is slowly conquering Europe. A young Jewish girl called Anne Frank was given a red diary for her 13th birthday. She even gave her diary a name kitty. But just one month later, her family had fled for their lives and were hiding in an attic at her dad's work. But why did her family have to hide like that? Well, the Nazis, led by Adolf Hitler, hated Jewish people and unfairly blamed them for all kinds of things. The Nazis were rounding up Jewish people and placing them in concentration camps, these horrible prisons where they were forced to do hard labour. Many died from the conditions there and many more were murdered by Nazi soldiers. And so Jewish families fled or went into hiding. But many, like Anne's, were caught. By the end of the war, more than six million Jewish people had died. We now call this time the Holocaust.
1: Whoa, Anne must have been terrified.
2: And lonely.
0: I don't have a friend, that's just how things are. And this is why I've started the diary. I hope I will be able to confide everything to you,
2: as I've never been able to confide in anyone. For two years, Anne wrote about all kinds of things, what she ate, movie stars, a boy she had a crush on, arguments with her parents, as well as about the war and the bombs and her worries for herself and her family.
1: Oh, gosh, that sounds so scary and hard.
2: Yes, Carl, and it gets worse, I'm warning you. In 1944, her family was discovered hiding in the attic and sent to a concentration camp in Germany. Anne's diary was left behind But like so many other Jewish people, Anne died in the concentration camp. She was only 15 years old. That is
1: so sad and terrible.
2: Yeah, it is. After the war ended, Anne's father, the only family member who survived, came back to the attic and found the diary. He read through her work and decided it was so important and so moving that it needed to be published. And that's how this teenager's diary and writing was turned into a book and read by millions. Here's Anne again from her diary.
0: (laughs) Writing in a diary is a really strange experience for someone like me. Not only because I've never written anything before, but also because it seems to me that later on, neither I nor
2: anyone else will be interested in the musings of a 13-year-old schoolgirl. And so ends another history lesson with Molly Daniels. Short and curly listeners will know that I usually sing that outro, but obviously not today.
4: You know what, Molly? I I don't blame you. Matt, what are you doing here? Well, I was just browsing the philosophy section when I heard you telling that history lesson.
2: Yeah, it's it's a bleak one, isn't it?
4: Yeah, it is. And the Holocaust is a difficult thing to learn about and to talk about. But it is really important that we remember it and understand how it happened.
2: It's like that saying, if you forget history, you're doomed to repeat it.
4: Pretty much. It's important to remind ourselves that people can do really evil things and cause enormous suffering, so that we work really hard to make a world where things like that never happen.
1: But, Matt, we don't need to read someone's personal diary to remember the Holocaust. There are millions of books and documentaries
4: and websites explaining what happened. That's true, Carl. But to really understand history, we need more than just facts. We need to be able to imagine, even just a little bit, what it must have been like for the people who suffered. And that means hearing what happened from the people it happened to.
2: Plus, lots of those documentaries and books aren't made for kids. But Anne was a kid, so it makes it a bit easier to relate to.
1: OK, but we shouldn't just break someone's privacy because what they're writing is interesting or important.
4: No, we shouldn't. This was Anne's personal diary. And generally speaking, we shouldn't read anyone's diary without permission. But there are some situations where we might want to make an exception to that rule. Matt, shh!
2: Sh- sh. The librarian's coming over. Oh, <gasps> And he looks mad. Gah,
3: he moves through the library so
2: quietly. Like a lion stalking his prey.
3: Excuse me, you three. I shouldn't have to tell you to keep your voices down. This is your final warning.
2: Sorry, Mr Jenkins.
3: But we'll have to talk about them another time.
4: By the way, did that book come in that I've been searching for?
3: Why, yes, Matthew. We found a rare copy of Elevator Farting, an ethical appraisal. Please follow me.
4: Awesome! Be back soon.
3: And, Carl, your book arrived too. Living with a weird-shaped butt. I've got it for you at the front desk.
2: So, Carl, want to talk about secret diaries again? Yeah,
1: definitely. Anything to change the topic, please, Molly. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, Why don't we we pause for another thinking question?
1: Yeah, yeah, that sounds good.
2: OK. Imagine you kept a personal diary that people thought was really important to read, You didn't give anyone permission to publish it, but the diary is now available in bookshops and libraries.
1: Do you think it would be okay for other people to read it or not? And explain why. Hit pause now.
2: And what about reading Anne Frank's diary specifically? Our Bookworm Brains Trust at Newtown Public School in Sydney have some thoughts.
5: Even though it is technically a violation of her privacy, it could be very interesting to see what it's like to have to be hidden away in an attic just simply because of who you are. People are trying to hunt you down, and it's not fair. I think it's really good for kids to be able to get the perspective of this so that they don't follow in the footsteps of the people who are trying to hunt her, because um, they can see what it's like for her and they'll know that's not a good thing, I never want to do anything like that, whereas if they don't get a perspective like that they might not understand that it's not okay.
0: It wouldn't have been okay if she was still alive. But I feel like it's okay that she, now that she's dead, because people can't use it against her. So, like, if someone read someone who's still alive's diary, they could use it against them, like blackmail. So I feel like it's okay if you read Anne Frank's or some Roman emperors or one of those kind of people, or a Roman peasant or a historical figure, or even someone who don't even know the name of who was already dead because it means you can get some insight into that period and how people were feeling and that will actually help humans learn from the mistakes those people made i think it's
5: interesting to know about a long time ago but she didn't really give her consent to like make other people read it it should be published because like she's dead and her father wouldn't like publish something that he that he knew would upset the her daughter even if she's dead. It depends because well once they're dead they can't really react to it and they don't really mind. Um, I mean, it's still a violation of their privacy and it's not ideal, but I think it is important just because of the era she was from and the situation she was in. Like, if it was my diary, From COVID, then that might be, and then I died because of COVID, then that might be important to publish. But if it was like my diary from two years ago, it's not important because nothing's going on and it's just a normal diary and it would just simply be a violation of my privacy. There would be no point to it.
1: Okay, Molly, so I've done a bit of research here on my phone and I read a very interesting article. About weird shaped butts? No.
2: (laughs) Sorry, Carl.
1: I think it's time I gave you a history lesson.
2: Oh, no, 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 no. I'm the historian here, Carl.
1: (laughs) Sorry, haters. Time for another history lesson with Carl smith
2: Annual. That's just a blatant rip-off.
1: When Anne's dad decided he wanted to publish her work, he was faced with a dilemma. There were actually two books she was writing, her personal diary and another thing that it seems she wanted the world to read. You see, Anne had heard on the radio that they wanted people to write about their time during the war. Anne wanted to be a writer one day, so she used bits of her diary to begin writing a book called The Secret Annex, all about her life during the war. She never got to finish it. So, Molly, the book you're holding right now is a mixture of her original diary and the other thing she was writing, and it was all smooshed together by her dad, Otto. In other words, her dad got to choose which bits of her personal diary to include and which bits to leave out. And it's not clear what Anne wanted the world to read. So that's how this famous book came to be, The Diary of a Young Girl. Voila. A history lesson from Carl Smith-Annuals.
2: Hmm, I think you need to work on your historian's
1: flair. Ah, I'm a natural. But surely, Molly, after hearing my excellent lesson, you still can't think it's completely fine to read her diary.
2: Well, yeah, I do. I mean, it's so important and well-written and she actually wanted to be a writer. So, yeah, I think it should be fine.
1: Well, actually, one of our Curly Crew listeners, Stephanie, wrote in to us about this.
2: See? Everyone thinks it's worth reading. Uh,
1: no. She decided it was wrong to read the book.
2: Oh, really? You sure?
1: Yeah. Stephanie's 13 and she lives in Oregon in the US.
6: I I was suggested it by my mom, and I have refused to read it ever since. Um, just because I've done a little research behind it and I wrote in because I was curious
2: of like the ethics behind the Anne Frank book. So what exactly does Stephanie not like about the book? Like why does she not want to read it?
6: I decided not to read it while I was homeschooling because I didn't feel comfortable reading like the innermost thoughts of someone my age who didn't consent to giving her book out even if she wanted to be a writer and even if she was going to publish a book about the holocaust she didn't have any control of what was going into that book and she didn't have control of like what she wanted to say and i'm sure there's some things that she would really regret in there (laughs) and although she wanted to publish it i'm sure those were like her notes like I wouldn't turn in an assignment that's just my notes. I would use them to make something better, more refined, more to the point, like that kind of thing. And she didn't really get the chance to do that. Um, And I know there's some very personal parts in there.
1: Yeah. And the thing is, Stephanie does think it's important to learn from the past. But here's what she decided
6: there should be more reading about different people's perspectives in older times and these times. And I do think it's easier to absorb material when it's someone my age talking and like having the narrative. I also feel like the same thing could have been achieved from doing some research and making fiction instead of stealing someone's diary.
1: (laughs) Thanks, Stephanie. One of our excellent Short and Curly listeners.
2: And we're so happy that you wrote to us with this great question. To read or not to read Anne Frank's diary.
4: Hey, guys, you wouldn't believe what 15th century philosophers thought about farting in small spaces. Did you know... Matt, we're having a DNM.
1: Yeah, a real deep and meaningful convo. Look, the whole diary was published without Anne's consent.
4: Well, first off, we need to be gentle in our judgments of Anne's dad. Surviving the Holocaust, losing his family... Otto lived through something that nobody should experience. And his choices would have been shaped by the things that happened to him. That's a really good
2: point. We should be sympathetic. But still, what about his actual
4: decision to publish Anne's diary? There are times when we can't get someone's permission to do something that might affect them. Maybe we need to make a medical decision and they're in a coma... Or maybe your parents are out and they're not answering their phone and you're wondering if it's okay to walk to your friend's house. Right. And
1: in Anne's case, she can't give permission because she didn't survive the war. That's
4: right. So in situations like these, it can sometimes be okay to act without a person's permission. But you have to tick a few boxes. First, you have to show that you're doing something that they would've wanted you to do. Second, you have to have some kind of a relationship with them that would make it okay for you to make a decision on their behalf. And third, there has to be a good reason for doing what you're doing.
2: Well, Anne's dad did have a good reason, remembering a really important moment in history.
1: But how could Anne's dad
4: really know that she wanted this published? Well, she was a writer. And she did plan to publish something, like you've already said. But it's hard to figure out exactly what she would have wanted to keep private and what she would have wanted everyone to read. So one question is, did Otto know Anne well enough to be able to make that judgement? Plus, we've
1: stopped talking about the fact that Anne's dad just read her diary. And just because he was a dad doesn't mean it would be okay for him to do that, does it?
4: It's complicated. I mean, Otto had just lost his family and he probably wanted to hold on to any kind of connection to them. But at the same time, like the, the last person we want reading our diary is our parents.
1: OK, thanks, Matt. Now, we asked our brains trust whether they would read Anne Frank's diary if they were asked to for school.
5: I would probably read it. Uh, I know it's a bit of an invasion of her privacy, but so many people have already read it. I'm sure it wouldn't really make much of a difference at this point.
0: It wouldn't have been okay if she was still alive, but I feel like it's okay that she now that she's dead because people can't use it against her.
5: I, I would read it because So many, millions and millions and millions of people have already read that diary. So how much does it matter if just one more million reads the diary? It it, it doesn't change the fact that it's already been read by loads of people. It just means it's been read by a tiny bit more. I would read it and that's because um, it's a historical document, it would it would be important to read because it would give the perspective of someone who's
2: living through that time. So now over to you for our final thinking question.
1: If you were asked to read Anne Frank's diary, would you or not? Hit pause now.
2: Oh, there you are. i found so many cool books to read.
3: Oh, nice to see you two actually borrowing books and not just using the library as your personal clubhouse.
1: <laughs> well, as I always say, if you've got a full library bag, you've got a full heart.
2: Oh, Carl, what are you checking out? Uh,
1: you know, just, like, science books. Books about, you know, science and maths and facts and that sort of stuff.
3: And, Carl, do you need a bag for all 15 volumes of living with a weird-shaped butt? What?
2: <laughs> oh, no, Carl. Uh, really? Um,
1: th- those aren't mine.
3: Oh, and I found the full-colour edition of Dancing with a Weird-Shaped Butt, how to turn that stumpy rumpy into a party-pleaser.
2: This is bumming me out, Carl. Uh, can I get this one, please?
1: <laughs> Lol, you serious? Feeling guilty about reading personal diaries by Madame Bouvante?
2: Oh, I heard it was a (laughs) page-turner.
1: Yeah, I bet. Guilty.
2: (sighs) Anyway, I'm uh, also going to return these. How To Be Professional When Surrounded By Fools by Kyla Slavin, producer of Short and Curly, and learnt it by intern Katherine Anagnostopoulos.
1: Oh, and is that Taskmaster by Justine Kelly, Short and Curly's executive producer?
2: Yep. Oh, great read. Couldn't put it down.
1: And thanks again to Stephanie for writing in with such a cool question. And thanks also to our lovely voice actors, Matt Smith and Mika Nielsen.
2: Oh, wait, almost forgot to return this book too. Opinions, Opinions, Opinions by Our Brains Trust from Newtown Public School. Penned by Kate, Wolfgang, Gabrielle, Jessie, Betty and Honey.
1: I can't believe they got the book deal. I am so chuffed for them. Okay, let's get out of here, Molly. We've got some reading to do.
2: Alright, now that I am walking behind you as we leave the library, Carl, you do have a really weird butt.
1: I know.
0: This has been an ABC podcast. Check out the ABC Kids Listen app. It's full of educational and entertaining audio programs.
1: Hey, while you're still here, we thought you might like to check out the Fierce Girls podcast. It's got great stories of super cool and interesting people like Edith Cowan.
2: Yeah, Edith was the first female member of the Australian Parliament, but she had a pretty tough childhood. Her mum died when she was young and her dad was in jail.
1: And now her face is on the $50 note.
2: Not that you get to see many $50 notes, do you, Carl?
1: Oh, one day I'll get a pay rise.
2: Maybe. Check out Fierce Girls wherever you get your podcasts.